Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. So delighted that you've joined me today, and if you're just coming on board, you are in for a big treat. We're going to resume our prayer series. Dr. Peter Kapsner and myself uh, are going to be going up against a couple of theologians <laughs> today, which, I'm, Peter, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, i got to admit, I'm a little terrified about how this is going to go. With <laughs> these two. Just some of the off-the-air <laughs> stuff they brought to the table. I, you know, we might need to tap out of this one, Bill. Yeah, we, we, we couldn't afford, uh, you know, team jerseys, <laughs> but it's going to be you and me going up against Daryl B. Harrison and Virgil Walker, so... You know, it's going to be a showdown, I it, think. I think I'm it's going to definitely be a showdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, they, they clearly, uh, uh, they outclass us in a lot of ways. There's <laughs> oh, yeah. no question. So. Yeah, but we've been uh, strictly uh, fasting, praying. I think we're ready to I go. I think we are. I think yeah. as ready as we're ever yeah. going to be. Yep. Now, just to give you some context, for those of you who started listening to the prayer series, which started now two weeks ago, Daryl uh, Harrison was our very first guest. Yeah. And we had uh, such a good time. We had so much more material to cover. And Daryl said, well, why don't we bring Virgil on, too? And uh, Daryl and Virgil do the Just Thinking podcast. It's which an is, outstanding oh, it's podcast. Amazing. Outstanding podcast. And I thought it would be a little uh, risky to have them both on at the same time. Definitely so risky. I think I'm just deciding right now just to not have them on at all. Uh, you know, it's not a terrible <laughs> idea, Bill. I so think, it's just you know, you and I talk. Yeah, I think in the moment right now, again, <laughs> listening to these two, being yeah. outclassed by them, I think it's yes. a great move on your well, part. Well, I think it's time we bring them on the show. Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah. AP, hey, you, you guys are cracking me up off the air. That's <laughs> hilarious, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So, Virgil, uh, nice to have you on board. You are the discipleship pastor at Westside Church in Omaha. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, and co-host to the Just Thinking podcast. I play the sidekick. Yeah. He's Batman. I'm Robin. I, get I know it. my lane. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm absolutely delighted. So, do you have any questions for us before we start? Because we have no questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys are great. No, I'm I'm honored to be here. I, I, it's always a you know a lot more fun uh, hanging out with Daryl and us tag teaming on uh, different uh, opportunities like this. And so we're excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to learn. You guys acted like we had all the answers. I'm excited to learn from you guys on this as well. Uh, au contraire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this could be 54 long minutes ahead, fellas. Yeah. We've got some long bumper music we can play, which Indeed. is going to be good. Indeed. Okay, gentlemen, let's maybe get started with the idea that what if your prayer life has gone flat? Hmm. Uh, your faith is, is diminishing. Maybe your, your prayer life has leveled off, and you're hmm. starting to go, ooh, I'm feeling a little dry, and I'm feeling a little panicked. Hmm. Yeah, let me uh, let me dive in first, Virg, if you don't mind, bro. And, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so, so I think we need to be careful with a question like that, uh, Bill, because I think for the person who may be sensing that their prayer life has gone flat, I think they need to be able to step back and get some biblical metrics to either confirm or invalidate that. Love it. Uh, you know, you, you you mentioned the word feelings there. I think it's, it's our human nature, right? It's part of our uh, remaining uh, sin nature within us to 
try to define those metrics by virtue of how we feel. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got subjective. We've got subjective definitions for uh, whether our uh, walk with God in general uh, is either good or bad. And I say those words in air quotes. But we need to be really careful about uh, 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 number one, uh, uh, labeling ourselves that way based on a subjective metric as opposed to what Scripture teaches us. So, so one of the worst things a person can do, a believer can do and I say this with all respect, one of the worst things a believer can do is rely on their own feelings as truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 that is a dangerous road to take. Uh, so what I would challenge someone to do there is, I think, number one, I would commend that person because someone who feels that way, even if it is an emotion, um, at least they're, they're showing that they care about their prayer life, that they, they, they care that, mm-hmm. that, it, that, it, that it be uh, substantive, that it be genuine. They know uh, at least to a, 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 a even if to a minimal degree that God cares that they pray that that it matters to uh, as it relates to their their walk with Christ their sanctification their maturity that they pray uh, Scripture is clear that God values uh, mm. our prayers and that we should pray uh, but given that we need to be really careful not to allow our feelings to convince us beyond what Scripture says is true. Or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I'm looking at here uh, just a second ago here, Psalm 55, in verse 1, the psalmist writes, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Uh, I'll turn it over the verse right here, but I would just remind that person who thinks, who is feeling like their prayer life could use some work. Remind yourself that we serve a God who came to us first. Okay, God mm-hmm. came to us first. We we didn't have to go to Him. So just remember that you're, you're, you 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 serve a God who is always there. Uh, and, and and the thing that really matters is is that your when you do pray that your prayer is is genuine from the heart. And just mm-hmm. remember that God God always has His ear inclined to His people. I I, I would simply add to that. I think that the, the way that um, that Daryl kind of led that off is is just an outstanding barometer. It's an outstanding way to just say, okay, let me let me take a gauge for am I am I am I assessing my life on the basis of of, of those things which are kind of uh, in flux, uh, or am I assessing my life on the basis and standard of Scripture? We always want to appeal to Scripture when we when we make those kinds of assessments. From a practical standpoint, uh, I also think it's important for us to think about. The manner in which we pray. A lot of times, we'll, we'll, when when that when that quote unquote feeling happens, it's because we've attached ourselves to some rote kind of process of prayer, some 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 kind of stagnant manner in which we constantly begin repeating repeating prayers. And and I think one of the things that we can do to maybe to to add life to our prayer life, if you will, is to think about the holiness of God. Uh, oftentimes, when, when when people and I, I can just speak for myself, whenever whenever I'm in a process of falling out of a out of a pattern or a desire to pray, it's because I've been been praying for things maybe focused on self or mm-hmm. focused on 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 my situation, and perhaps that hasn't yet changed, um, and so that becomes depressing or that becomes a, a situation where I, I don't feel like you know well. I'll get I'll I'll give it up maybe I'll I'll use the arm of of the flesh to to make something happen whereas if we focus our prayer life on the holiness of God uh and on the attributes of God uh we should be in awe every time we encounter that here's a verse of scripture that I would appeal to 
in that instance would be, again, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It tells us, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For when we do not know what to pray as we ought, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And, and that we, we have the very Spirit of God on the inside of us that, that enables us, empowers us, and, and gives us light to the, to the truth of his attributes and of who he is. Uh, and if we find ourselves in, in a pattern of, of prayer that leaves us stagnant, I think the appeal there would be to, to focus on the attributes of God, uh, focus on his holiness, and allow the Spirit of God to be at work in our hearts. Wow, are you guys good? Here's the bad news. They've jumped to an early lead, Peter. <laughs> it's, it's looking like it might be a route. I, I already feel like, like we're so behind yeah, I'm the ready eight to ball. mail it in, actually, at this yeah, point. Yeah. So you better come back with something good here because you got the you got the credentials here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I could follow up in this way, fellas, listening to you talk, and it was so invitational to just think about uh, what it means when you have this flat uh, prayer life like that. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can comment a bit about when is that flatness just something that's sort of part of the rhythm of life? You know, just you're, mm-hmm. you're in a certain season of time. And when is that flatness maybe a signal that you should maybe be, huh, something might be amiss in my spirit that I need to attend to in this moment? Yeah. 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 I would, I would, I would say, I would say to that, Pete, the more that's an excellent question. And I think, uh, you know, if I could just use this metaphor, I think for the truly regenerate believer, for the, for the person who has really been truly regenerated, by the Holy Spirit, according to uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, I would say that there should always be, and I, this is going to vary, right? I realize that this is going to vary depending on how long you've been a believer. But speaking in the context of, of, of those who have been, been believers for a while, there should always be mile markers. There should be signposts in your life where you can look back and, and, and have tangible empirical evidence that God is working in your life. There should be objective Mm. evidence Mm. that God Mm -hmm. is working in your life. Now, that evidence isn't always to be uh, sort of narrowly defined in the sense that, well, yeah, God answered this prayer here. He answered this prayer here. He answered this prayer here. Because sometimes God works in our life, obviously, autonomously, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, meaning uh, he does things in our lives, uh, whether they're, 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 blessings of, of uh, prosperity or situations of adversity, God's going to do, given that he's, he's sovereign and he is accountable to no one, he's going to do in our lives what he feels is best uh, for us. Uh, so that notwithstanding, however, there should be evidences in our lives whereby we can see God working. Uh, Jesus himself said, right, that he, you, can, you can tell those who belong to him by their fruit. So each, each believer should have a degree of fruit in their life. And if you, can, if you don't see any fruit, and, and by fruit I mean as the Bible defines it, the fruits of, fruit of the Spirit, correct? If, as the Bible defines it, if you do not see fruit in your life, objective fruit mm-hmm. as Scripture defines it, then I think that's a red flag. That's mm-hmm. a red flag that you need to assess your not just your prayer life, but your overall salvific condition. Uh, 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 and, 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 and assess it against what Scripture says. And if you see, if you can honestly say, you can be transparent with God because God knows our heart. You can be transparent with God and say, well, I really don't see any evidence of uh, sanctification, of growth, or fruit in my life. And that's an opportunity for you to go to your knees and cry mm-hmm. out to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, help me in this area. I do want to bear fruit. I want to bear, I want to be used as a vessel 
for you in any way you you, you see fit, and and you want you want that to occur in your life. Just cry out to Him, and mm-hmm. that is a prayer you can you can rest assured God will answer mm-hmm. that prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean I love what what um, what Daryl just said there because I, I his first appeal, if if you remember, was an appeal to the regenerative work in the heart of the believer. And um, that that is that is evidence of the fact that the Spirit of God is 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 there at work. I, I think about my own walk with Christ, my desire to read the Word, my desire to worship. Uh, I have to always go back and appeal to the regenerative work and 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 that that happened in my life by the very Spirit of God. I didn't get a desire to read the Word on my own. Uh, I, I won't get a desire. Uh, to worship God on my own, apart from the very Holy Spirit of God, whose regenerative work has taken place in the life of the believer, I won't have urges, desires, passions. My natural urges, desires, and passions are aimed towards sin. And so it is evidence of the fact, if, if, if I have a desire to pray, if I have a desire to, to, to read the Word, if I have a desire to praise God, it's evidence, not of, not of my own strength or own doing, but of the, of the regenerative, monergistic work that God has done in my heart and life. And so he gets all the glory and praise for that. I, I think to the point that you that you made, like, hey, when do I, if I'm feeling this way, when do I assess whether it's just me, uh, you know, and, 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 and maybe a, a state I'm in or what's going on? I think, I think James 5.16 speaks to that. I think at the end of the day, we always have to examine our lives uh, and, and, and be, be confessing sins to, to, to one another. Uh, and to other brothers, and and so uh, as well as to God, and so thinking about the, the confessing of sin, that perhaps there's a sin that's 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 keeping us from having a deepening relationship, uh, a deepening uh, prayer life. Uh, so I think all of those things to the to the question you raised should be assessed, needs to be assessed. We should be in a constant process of examining our lives and our hearts uh, to determine where we are. Uh, how that relationship is going, and what we need to do uh, with regard to that. But all of that, I want to go back and point back to that begins with the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer so that we take no credit for any of the good works that we do. God's prepared those in advance for us, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. All right, and that's the end of the first quarter. <laughs> and Harrison and Walker have yeah. jumped into a very strong lead. I've got it at 32 to 6 right now, actually, by my math. So we'll be back after a short break. Be right back. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance. Welcome back to the game. <laughs> I like that bumper. I did do it. We're now, but in the second quarter, we've got... Uh, We've got uh, uh, Daryl B. Harrison and Virgil Walker as our guests today as we're talking about our series on prayer. You guys are doing an outstanding job. Such great content. Yeah. Amazing content. One of my uh, favorite listeners said, no biting or scratching. So that's good. <laughs> we got some rules established. <laughs> and because and because we couldn't afford uniforms, we're going to go shirt, shirts versus skins. You guys take your shirts off. I don't think All anybody right. wants to see that right now. <laughs> 
All right. Let me ask you this question. When you feel resistance from the enemy and you feel that there is uh, some uh, resistance that you need to pray against, how do you go about praying against what you feel is resistance from the enemy? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a great question, Bill. Again, uh, I, I hate to sound like a, a, a broken record here, but I have to go, to go back to something that I said earlier. You have to measure that resistance against what Scripture says, Amen. Uh, because we have to. Okay, first of all, the question mm-hmm. I would ask is, well, how do you define resistance? How do you know that resistance, quote unquote, isn't the Holy Spirit convicting you of some sin in your life? That's powerful, uh, you know, Daryl. That may be the reality that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of some sin in your life, or uh, what we describe as resistance may be God allowing the consequences, right? Universal principle mm. of reaping and sowing. God may be allowing the consequences of our unrepented sin uh, into our life. So we shouldn't be so quick to define it as uh, as resistance. We we know that being a child of God by nature. Uh, we, we're going to have an ever-present enemy while we're in this world. That's just a, an ever-present reality for the believer, that as long as you're breathing air in this world, you are going to have an enemy that seeks out to kill, steal, and, de- and destroy. We know that. Uh, at the same time, however, not all, uh, not all of uh, the attacks from the enemy are, are, are to be perceived as, um, as negative. Or as or or bad because who knows whether or not the Lord is allowing that into your life uh, to sharpen you, to mature you, to grow you up. You know, you look at somebody like Job. Uh, Job uh, and, and the response uh, that jo- Job's wife gave to him could easily be be interpreted as as resistance. But this is this is uh, this is a, a, a reality developments in Job's life that, unbeknownst to Job. God had already predetermined uh, to allow into his life. You take uh, Samson uh, as another example. Uh, Samson disregarded the advice of his parents uh, and, and went after a, 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 a heathen uh, woman. Uh, but it says in uh, Judges chapter 14 that Samson's parents did not know that that was of the Lord. So we need to be really careful not to just too quickly what we determine, uh, what we define as resistance from the enemy. We really got to bracket that in, 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 in the sense of what the scripture say about what this is that I'm mm-hmm. going through and, and not default to an unbiblical, uh, uh, unorthodox uh, description or definition of what you're uh, experiencing. Always be patient enough to go to the word, go to the Lord first. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I would, man. I I think uh, again, Daryl did a great job of teeing that up. I, I would, when when you when you asked the question, my immediate default was that resistance um, challenges uphill battle. That's that that's the life of the believer. I mean, I think we live in in a uh, in a time, especially with the with inch deep theology happening in a, a vast majority of of pulpits, that we don't have a true doctrine of suffering. Um, and so what we see as, as you know, maybe an uphill battle, a challenge or resistance, uh, sometimes may or may, may simply be we finally found ourselves in the natural state of an active believer. 
Um, I mean, Scripture is clear about this everywhere. John fifteen, eighteen, and nineteen. The, you know, the world hates you. No, it hated me before. It, before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you because you're of its. You, you, you're uh, its own. Ephesians chapter six. We're ta- we're told at the very end of the chapter to pull on the whole armor of God that we may be able to st- to stand against the schemes of the devil. And at the at the very end uh, of the chapter, Paul goes on to say in verse eighteen that we need to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Um, and 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 you know as as you begin to per- peruse Scripture, it's John sixteen thirty three, I've said these things to you. So that you may have peace in me. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. This is the natural state of the believer. And and we may have just simply found ourselves finally in the rhythm of what God is doing when that takes place. So rather than seeing it as, as some kind of a, a personal attack, we may need to re- realize it, it, it is what it is. We're, we're finally in the flow of what God is doing, and, and that, in that in that we need to press in more deeply. I'll, I'll say this because I know, you, you know the segment might be short, but I, I've, as believers, I think we almost, especially in the day and time we live, if we find that things are easy – I think that's the time at which we need to make questions. More times than not, one, what, what we do is we find, hey, things are, are tough. We're having an uphill battle. Things are just, I need to press. Uh, we, we trigger that as, oh, this, there must be something wrong since things aren't easy. And I think the actual reverse is actually the case biblically. If things are easy and breezy for us, uh, we may need to take, uh, take a, a, an inventory and see if we're indeed uh, in the right space, in the right place, doing the right kinds of things. Fellas, and, and Virgil, you just referenced that too, this idea that um, we don't have a very robust or deep theology of suffering, and we, and we don't have enough time to cover this uh, entirely before a hard break in a couple minutes here. But you mean just, halftime? Yeah, halftime, exactly. <laughs> but maybe maybe we can think about this after halftime uh, too a bit. But is it possible, and, it, and I think we think that when God is answering our prayer, that the favorable answer to our prayer is always going to be something related to prosperity or something good right. that happens in our life or right. something. Yeah. But, but I would right. love for you guys to dig into the idea that oftentimes God might answer our prayer uh, through the lens of suffering and what that means and what that might teach us. I mean, Bill, that's a pretty yeah. Yeah. hefty question to head into break with, but I think we could probably attack that after the break. Yeah, absolutely. Because we do have a hard break coming up in 90 seconds. So um, you can certainly start addressing it, but we only have a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I, go ahead, Bert. No, no, no. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. No, I, I was I was just thinking, you know, one of my favorite verses in regard to that is Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. chapter 7, verse 14. Where it says, I, I, had a feel, I had a feeling you were going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the, in the day of prosperity, be happy. But in the day of adversity, consider that God has made the one as well as the other. All right. Yeah, that's a good way to start in this one. That's awesome. We're going to take uh, our halftime now. The marching band will come out uh, during the halftime. And Bill, I had it at 32 to 6 after the first quarter, but then, you know, you asked such a, a really good question at the start I know, of this I one. I thought we were going to gain ground. I, I felt momentum coming, and then they just brought in the heavy hitters, and, like, I don't even know what this guy I can't even look at the scoreboard at I this felt, point. I felt blindsided. By I, do, that, I totally that did, too. Yeah, step. I didn't see yeah. that one coming. No, I did not like no, that at all. Not at all. Matter of fact, I'm kind of down right now. We'll take a little break. Be right back. <laughs> listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. 
glad to have uh, my guests, Daryl B. Harrison and Virgil Walker. Uh, you know Daryl, he's been a, a guest, a regular uh, on the show. He's the social uh, dean of social media at Grace to You, which is the uh, ministry of John MacArthur. And Virgil Walker is the discipleship pastor at Westside Church. Both have had military uh, experience and background. So thank you so much for your service on this Veterans Day. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's res, uh, resurface to the question Peter asked prior to. Uh, Peter, ask it again. Yeah, you guys, I was just thinking about it a little bit. And when I had a chance to do a little study in overseas, I had a, a professor that made me take, or an advisor that made me take a class called uh, Christian Theology in Asia. And, and I was really dumbfounded by how different their theological writing was compared to that which I was experiencing in the States. And primarily, they talked often about how Jesus was a suffering brother who was there in the midst of their suffering and pain. They hardly ever referred to as Jesus as Lord because that title Lord in some Asian cultures are those who are perpetrating the suffering and the oppression. So they didn't want to uh, identify Jesus in that way. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus is, is Lord. Of course he is. But it was interesting to contrast how often in then a American culture, we do talk about Jesus as Lord, but we don't often as much talk about Jesus as that suffering brother, that suffering is part of this journey. So I would love for you guys to dig in a little bit more deeply into this idea that sometimes, even for our own good, God takes us into these places of suffering for the purposes of change and transformation, stripping away all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bruce. Do you mind if I just real quick finish up a thought that, oh, I, that yeah, I was yeah, trying to continue yeah, yeah, before yeah, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 Peter, I think that's a thanks, Virgil. Peter, I think that's a, a fantastic question. I think I would like to say to your your listeners right now who are believers that what we have to do when, when, on this issue of suffering, what we have to do is, is remind ourselves that being a Christian is more than having assurance that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Uh, th- th- there's there's more to that than that. You know, we, we we look at a verse like Hebrews chapter five, verse eight, where it says of Jesus, although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered, from the things which he suffered. Now you marry that to Romans eight twenty nine, where Paul writes that this is ultimately God's goal here for his people is uh, Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed mm. to the image of his son. So you take Hebrews 5, a married to Philippians one twenty nine, and then you come back, to, I'm sorry, Hebrews 5, 8, married to Romans eight twenty nine, and then you come back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. This is, a, this is some tough medicine for us to take here that Paul writes to the Philippians, where he says in verse 29 of chapter 1, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Now, when you read Philippians 129, that word granted in the Greek literally translates as a gift, a present. Wow. God is God has gifted you. You can literally read Philippians 129 that God has gifted you the suffering that he allows into your life. Why? Well, for the purpose of conforming you to his son, because it was through suffering that Jesus himself became obedient to his father. So thanks, Virgil. I just wanted to finish up that thought and sort of tie those verses together with yeah. what I was quoting from Ecclesiastes 7.14. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, there's not much more to add to that. I mean, it really isn't. I, I, I would, I, you know, <laughs> I think you, you kind of tied it in with what you started with about Asian culture. Um, and, and then Daryl wonderfully kind of teed up the idea that when we think about salvation, 
we have a tendency to only marry it to the issue of justification. So, so the gospel becomes that which I've in, encountered for the purpose of, of writing my ticket to heaven, which, again, there, there's, there's absolute truth to that. I think what we often neglect is the fact that the gospel it applied to the life of the believer should also access and in, invade their life in such a way that, that they're experiencing sanctification. And if we understand true sanctification, it is a process of growing in holiness. So if we're in a process of growing in holiness and that's that is antithetical to the to the life of the of the believer prior to coming to Christ. I mean you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. And 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 that that, that process of ongoing self denial is gonna be difficult. That's a that's a suffering process as we walk through this life. I thank God for the day. I think we all look forward to the day when there will be no more sin, we'll, we'll not be tempted in any way, shape, or form that the absence of sin will be in our lives. But until that day happens, we all are, are in some form of struggle, of suffering uh, as we walk through this life. And so the process of salvation is one of justification, but it also includes our sanctification, which should cause us pause at all times to recognize, man, this, this world is not our home. Uh, that 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 what we're walking in is a process of dying to the flesh, and living life in and through the Spirit of God. So all of those pieces of the puzzle are part of those kinds of things have got to be fleshed out in in pulpits so that people understand that that salvation is 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 you know it's it's the monergistic work of God the Father through Christ sealed by the Holy Spirit, but it is, but it is also the synergistic action that we participate in as we walk out sanctification in our lives. Fellas, I just, I, I don't think we can talk enough about that kind of topic, you know, because suffering is so misunderstood and so confusing, and, and we so often go to God in prayer with that. It's, it's an incredible invitation into some of this. And Bill, I know you've, you've got some other stuff here, too. Well, Virgil, I was really glad you brought up uh, holiness, because how often do we talk about personal holiness, and do right. we go and pursue this through prayer? Is that right. how we do that? And then, so how do we handle unwanted temptations and lusts and thoughts or cravings that we have? How do we handle those through prayer? Yeah, I, I want to go back and appeal to something I mentioned early on, which is we, we examine the holiness of God. One of the things that, that, that has been a part of, of my own life is whenever I find myself in a, a pattern of habitual prayer, I'm sorry, a pattern of habitual sin, uh, where where holiness needs to be examined or, or exemplified in my own life, one of the things that I, that I that I look to is is the attribute of God and 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 in prayer by 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 and through prayer you you can identify that examine that reflect upon that and as a result walk away from those patterns. Whenever whenever we get involved in a pattern of habitual prayer, what we're doing is we're saying we are we've now replaced the God who should be on the, the throne of our hearts and our lives with with self and with sin. And so it, again, if we're in a process of prayer, a continual uh, act of prayer, we, we'll have to shed that. We'll have to let go of that. Scripture t- tells us all the time that we ha- we need to be we should be in an ongoing process of prayer and repentance. Um, and then through that process, we we experience that. One of one of the things we experience in life. I, I really want to appeal to uh, men the prayers of the Puritans. 
and uh oftentimes whether it's a whether it's a book like the the, the valley of vision mm-hmm. uh whether it's something else some other puritan work that you can get a hold they they understood sin john owen the mortification of sin you know books like that that help you understand how to put to death sin and and how, how to examine that through a person's personal prayer life related to that then too i mean do you do you have some sort of expectation of uh, of change in the midst of that? I mean, Bill is talking about the idea of moving towards holiness, and, and I think sometimes oh. about the young students that, that I'm with, and we, we will talk often in class about, well, but I prayed on Friday night, and I really wanted holiness, and, and shouldn't it be here by Saturday morning? Like, how does this whole thing work? <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. oh, after scores. <laughs> We're gaining a little ground here. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the extra point, I'm sure, but that was, you know, decent. <laughs> you know, we're, we're we're you know we're 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 laughing a little bit here that that was funny but but I think I think I think that is how a lot of believers view prayer. Yeah. They, they view it as they view it as 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 you're pulling a spiritual rabbit out of a hat. Yeah. Uh that uh that uh, that is some sort of magic. Uh there's some sort of formula so people get stuck on well you know do I need if if I don't say in Jesus name will that mean my prayer didn't work or 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 or, or did if you do add if you do append your prayer with the words in Jesus' name, so we, we've got this thing where we we we, we, we kind of think that we own prayer working. Uh, I, I put the word working in, in, in quotes. No, 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 no. It's, uh, Virgil just alluded to this. Prayer is God's doing. Prayer is God's doing. Now, there's a synergism that takes place there, and that obviously we do the prayer, we do the praying, but God does the working. God does the working. You know, I think about uh, Matthew six eight. I think this is a uh, a verse that should give us all uh, confidence in Matthew 6, 8. Jesus says, your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. Now, if that's the, if that's the case, and we know that it is because Jesus says it, said it, if we know that God already knows what we need before we ask him, there is no need for us to default into a mindset, well, I need to pray the, say the right words. I need to add the right fervency. I need to sort of manufacture if you will, the right kind of prayer so that my prayer works, so that I make sure that my words penetrate the ceiling and get up to heaven. No, no, no. That work is not up to us. But I think to tie this into the whole holiness aspect of it, uh, I think that's a wonderful question, Peter. I want to read a quote real quickly from Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon actually addressed the connection between prayer and holiness. And he said this, he said, you never heard that a man began to backslide or that a sober man became a drunkard through too much prayer? Did you ever hear of a person becoming unkind to his wife, ungenerous to the poor, negligent of public worship, or guilty of grievous sin through being too much in prayer? No, the case is the reverse. So that was Charles Spurgeon. So there is a direct connection between holiness and prayer. However, as Christians, we, we need to trust in the God in whom we say we believe. He Through his Holy Spirit, he will give us the words to say. He will give us that fervency. We don't need to manufacture that. Just understand that God already knows what you need before you ask him. As long as we go to him with genuineness and sincerity of the of the heart, because we know from Scripture, right, God judges not only our actions, but he also judges our motives. So mm. unless we go to God with the right motives, with pure motives, we, we shouldn't expect anything from God. Yeah, I, I love I love what Daryl said there as as well. That made me think of of Psalm thirty seven four, where we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, and He will give us the desire of our heart. I, I used to think coming out of the prosperity gospel, that what that meant that He would give me the desire of my heart if my heart desired all these 
worldly carnal things like bigger cars and bigger houses that that if I just, you know, prayed to him, asked him for the bigger house, the bigger car, the bigger this, the bigger that, that that that, that since that's the desire of my heart that he would give that to me. Actually the the reverse is true that if as I delight in him and, and again that that takes place through through prayer. Uh, as I delight myself in in him, he transforms, he conforms my heart mm. into the very image of his son and gives me new desires. Now I don't desire the the lust, the debauchery, the, the craziness of the world. I desire more of him. And so that would be a, a verse that I would appeal to there. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, have you uh, stopped praying about something that you've been waiting for? And if so, why? Oh, wow. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> We yeah. scored another point. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think, we're I way mean, behind, Peter, so it doesn't matter at this point. It's still double digits behind, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're double yes, digits behind. That was solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have. I'll, I'll confess that I have. I'm not going to say what it was, but I have. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, passages in the in the Gospel of John, which is my favorite gospel, by the way, Gospel of John in John chapter 5, Verse six. This is before Jesus heals the uh, the uh, the, the, the sick man. Uh, it says in verse six in John five it says when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, "Do you wish to get well?" Mm. That's one of my favorite verses in the entire in the entire Bible. Do you wish to get well? Well, there's been times in my life where I thought I wished to get well. And then I realized, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't want to get well in that area. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So, and and, and I knew my faith just took a nosedive. Uh, but that that's that's part of the battle that we fight while we're in this sinful flesh, while we're in this sinful world. There are going to be times where you're not going to feel like super Christian, where you're wearing the superhero cape and you're hearing the superhero music playing in your head. Uh, this mm-hmm. this is real life that we're dealing with. We're dealing with real life with real uh, uh, faults, real sinful nature. Um, and there have been times where I've given up. And listen, let me just be, be even more honest with the both of you, <clears throat> uh, Bill and Pete. Um, prayer, and I think I mentioned this when I was on with you guys the last time, I was so happy to come on with you all to talk about this because if there's one, if there's been one aspect of my own spiritual walk that has needed the most work, it's been in the area of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been in the area of prayer. I am not a good prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just acknowledge that right now. I am not a good prayer. I am not. If I could, if speaking of magic, if I could snap my finger and change any aspect of my walk with the Lord right now today, mm-hmm. I would be more consistent, more uh, genuine, more sincere, more frequently a prayer on my knees. But I am so not there in that area. So that's one area of my life that I need to, the, the Lord to work on me personally. All right, that's uh, the end of the third quarter. We'll take a little break. We'll be back on our prayer series with uh, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. We'll be right back. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance. Welcome back to the show. Prayer Series is happening. We're loving this time together with our brothers in Christ, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. We, uh, Peter Catherine and I, feel like we're taking a trouncing right now, but that's okay. We got that quarter. We're strong in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we, we can't yeah. go back in this. But, but, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Daryl, with what he with what Bill he just left us with, right? About yes. being, you know, I think you and I could both sympathize with the idea. Like, golly, oh. prayer prayer is a really difficult thing, I think, to get good at. Whatever good at means, right? At the end of the uh-huh. day, and, and you and I were talking yeah. during the break, Bill. Of, you know, you sort of want to bring in the experts when you feel like you really need a prayer that's heard yeah, somehow. Right, because yeah. I, I I share that with you, Daryl. Let's I mean, have the pastor I, pray. Absolutely, because that, that will is work. A, it's a part of my life I wrestle with too, and it's really a difficult thing. So, I mean, how, why is that? I mean, do you have any yeah. further thoughts on like why yeah, that would be and yeah. why we think we have to bring in the experts yeah, at some point? I, 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 think, <laughs> I, I, I think it's because well, there's there's two reasons. I think first of all, we doubt ourselves we doubt that god will empower us with the words and the ability to to pray and and we've got this um i think perhaps you know you mentioned the word pastors and experts i think part of the reason is because we've been so exposed to pastors and experts doing all the praying that we don't Mm -hmm. uh, consider ourselves as as being responsible uh to have solid prayer lives ourselves and and there's a Mm -hmm. third reason as well i think it's because we, we do, deep down inside, I think a lot of us will have to admit that we do kind of consider prayer sort of this sort of magic kind of thing, mm-hmm. where if what we're praying for, if we're, what we're asking the Lord for doesn't happen fast enough, we'll just give up we, for whatever reason. Well, the Lord didn't hear me. Right. Uh, I didn't pray hard enough. I didn't grit my teeth enough. I didn't clench my fists enough. <laughs> I, didn't squint my, I didn't squint my eyes hard enough. I didn't sweat enough or something like that. We'll find some sort of back door to sort of moonwalk out of our responsibility to pray. But I think a lot of, a, a lot of, in a lot of ways that that might hurt us in that area is because in church, it's the pastor that does all the pray. In church, it's the worship leader that does all the pray. In church, it's the intercessory prayer team that does all the pray. Uh, so I don't have to do that. There's, there's, there's people who are, who God has assigned to do that. So I think there are many, uh, many uh, mechanisms, if you will, even within the body of Christ that don't, help us in terms of us becoming better prayers mm-hmm. and becoming better believers through prayer. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I, I totally agree. I, 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 I would echo everything that's been said. It's a challenge for me as well. I'm, I'm thankful for a praying wife. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's something, I don't know if there's something in the nature of, 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 of our help meets that, that where, where they're naturally uh, either gifted in prayer or, or mm. have, a, have a tendency to lean into that a bit more. I think maybe perhaps for men, and again, this is a complete overgeneralization because I know some men who are incredible prayers. For us, often, I think our natural inclination is to think we've got it. You know, I've got it covered. I'll take care of it. Uh, I don't need any help. Uh, and so that, that lends itself to a lack of dependency upon God. Um, we, we think, hey, I, I'll, I'll take care. It, prayer is our last resort, okay? Rather, rather than the first thing that we desire to do, it's the last resort. Okay, since nothing else has worked, I guess it's now time uh, to pray. You know, I've, I've definitely been, been guilty of that in my own walk in life. And, and, it, and again, it takes reminding like this, uh, you know, conversations like this for us to say, okay, you know what? If, if I really believe all that Scripture has to say, about prayer, I would definitely be engaged in it all the more. Let me ask you about a passage out of Mark chapter 10. This is the story of Bartimaeus, and he's obviously a blind beggar from birth, Mm -hmm. and he would be identified with his blind beggar's cloak. And he he cries out to Jesus as he's walking by, and Jesus calls out and has him come up. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And I thought, uh, you know, oftentimes we pray, Lord, you know, bless me, help me. But does God want us to specifically say exactly what it is we're, we're asking of him? Mm. 
um, mm. because you know it's it's so powerful to think that the the blind beggar who clearly uh, wanted to see uh, was still was asked by Jesus, "What do you want me to do?" Yeah, and I'm so he, glad you're asking. Bartimaeus says, "I want to see." Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so glad you're asking these guys. Sometimes you ask me this kind of question. I have no idea. I no, I, can't, I, I, no, I can't wait to hear what these guys have to yeah, say good. about that. Yeah. Let's see. The time's running out. So let's see how, the, see how the team does here. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, glad, well, I'll gladly jump. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. No, no, no. Let's have Omaha go first. The pressure's <laughs> on. First. I love that. <laughs> well, I, I, would, I, would just, I would just jump in, in, in here to say, you know, I, I think more times than not, we, we have no idea what we really want of God. Or really want from the Lord, uh, and, and I think I think the question is great. It's pointed. It's it's aimed. It's specific, um, and, and and it really tests where where's our heart. What what do we tr- do? We believe God to be big enough to take care of the of the of the magnitude of the need in our own lives. Um, you know, some, sometimes we are, and other times we're not. I know for me again, I can speak very very personally. Um, you know, I, by the time I, by the time I sp- spend the time to bow my knee in prayer, it's a, it's a pretty big need, um, <laughs> but, 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 but I'm, tr- I'm trying to get to the point where that's not the case where, where, where prayer is more of a natural part of the everyday life of, of, of my faith walk. Yeah. I, w- I would just add to what Virgil was saying there. I think the question that Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus is a deeper question than the question Jesus asked. I think yeah. what Jesus was really getting at with Bartimaeus, he was asking Bartimaeus through that question, Bartimaeus, do you believe that I am who I say I am? I think right. that's exactly the question that Bart- Bartimaeus was being asked by Jesus, and that is the question that we have to answer as well. So th- so the, the request really was secondary. What, what, what Jesus is asking us before we go to him in prayer, number one, to answer your question, yes. I think Jesus wants us to be very specific. Yes. I think that is what the model of the Lord's Prayer teaches. I think when we read the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, that is a, 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 an example of how explicit and specific our prayers need to be. However, a first step for us to be, to consider is, do I believe Jesus is who he says? Do I believe Jesus is God? This is what Jesus was asking Bartimaeus. Do you believe I am able to do what it is you're going to ask me to do? That, that is the question that's being asked here, and that is the question that we must ask ourselves and answer first before we even get to the request aspect of the prayer. I love it because if we go back to chapter 9 of Mark, you know, when the, uh, the man has a, a son who's possessed by a spirit, and uh, the, it says, um, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I love that Jesus response. Really, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is really has, has a very sarcastic tone there. Yeah, I uh, think it him, might be sarcastic, response. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it reminds me of something um, um, I heard R.C. Sproul say once. R.C. Sproul said, there's a difference between believing in God and believing God. Oh, that's there strong. Is, that is strong. There's a difference between believing in God. Most, see, most that's of us a last say, minute score. <laughs> right. <laughs> most of us say without hesitation, yes, I believe it. I believe in God. I believe God exists. I believe there's a God. Yeah, but do, do you believe in God? You see, and, 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 and the test comes, the acid test comes is when we've been praying and praying and waiting and waiting and praying and waiting and nothing happens. See, that can you maintain, can you maintain that same level of faith and confidence in the God in whom you say you believe when you don't hear from this God whom you say you, you believe. That's where you get into the difference between believing in God 
and believing God. Okay, gentlemen, uh, 60 seconds left. Uh, are you excited when you pray, or is prayer boring to you? <laughs> I, listen, I, I come from a from. I mean, I, I know Daryl does too. Comes come from a black church tradition, which says that the louder that you pray, the more it's effective. So, uh, That's why I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but yeah, I, I I don't think that 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 has anything to do with whether or not God's hearing you mm. at all. All right, this was way way too much fun. Oh, you guys are the best. Really, we just had a blast. It's already over, so. Uh, thank you so much for making time to have this discussion, and um, uh, we'd love to have you back. It'd just be a blast to be on the air more regularly with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, th- thanks, for, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, and you can go to justthinking.me. Uh, Daryl and Virgil do a podcast. Does it come out weekly? It comes out whenever we feel like doing it. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a Hail Mary pass at the end. They win by a long shot. It is a long shot indeed. And yeah, the the podcast is absolutely worth listening to. So when you guys do get around to it, let us know. It's great stuff. Justthinking.me is the podcast. That wraps up our show for the day. We uh, are so grateful that you joined us today. And I hope you got a lot out of the, um, the interviews today and the time together. I've loved it. And I love you. And thank you so much. Have a great night. And as you lay your head on the pillow, just know God's working out his great plan in your life. See you tomorrow. Hmm. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.